Marcus sits in a large leather chair in his hidden office. Across from him sits Ezekiel Magnuson, a young man eager to join the Order of Imperium Day. Beads of sweat drip down his forehead. His fingers are intertwined, and he takes shallow, anxious breaths, awaiting his superior's next words. I sense fear in your heart, my child. Are you afraid? No, Father, I, I... We all felt fear at the start. There is no shame in that. After all, fear is what drives us into the arms of the Almighty, is it not? Y yes, Father. I have watched you, Ezekiel. When you came to us, you were a broken man, led entirely by fear and anxiety. You were just a downtrodden, lascivious wretch, living in squalor, down to your final pennies, and even then, spending anything you had on booze and sex on an express path to the pit. But when you stepped through our doors, covered in shit, I saw it in your eyes. I saw a yearning for freedom from this burden of fear. and prove that you have no fear. Then, and only then, will you be welcomed into the arms of the Almighty. What say you, boy? I... I am ready. We give ourselves to you, Almighty One. Soul, mind, and body, we are yours. Bid us bring your kingdom here to earth. And we shall rend the darkness from this world. 
Laudate Dei Imperium. Praise be to the Almighty and to her control. Rise now, Brother Ezekiel. Welcome to Imperium Day. The Cosmic Game Chapter 2 Tales of Storyville Back in the neutral plane, the game continues. Never one to play empty-handed, the devil fixes himself yet another cosmic cocktail while God stares at the game board, transfixed. Are you sure that I cannot fix you one? They are, if I do say so myself, quite tantalizing. For the thousandth time, Lightbringer, no. (laughs) Lest we forget, I am not one of your easily swayed bedfellows. Very well. More for me, then. Oh, by all means, consume more. Do not forget that I still hold the lead in our little game. Oh, and speaking of the game... I cannot help but notice that your attention has remained on New Orleans. Has it now? Those do-gooders gathering there in that church. You would not be up to something now, would you? (laughs) Oh, please, Lightbringer. You should know better than to ask. (laughs) Worth a shot, anyway. I would be no good at this if I simply handed you my plans. (laughs) No, I suppose not. She was clever. Of course I had been trying to pry information from her, but to no avail. Those priests, they were going to be a problem, I was sure of that. Storyville was indeed an asset. A district of sin, they called it. Yes, something was brewing there, even without my direct interference. Then there was that woman. Something about her maintained my interest. I needed to keep my eye on her. Well, are we still playing, Lightbringer? I'm always playing, Almighty One. Dusk falls upon the Harlow House as the ladies prepare for their evening's activities. Marie, adorned in an elegant silk robe, sits in the downstairs parlor, sipping coffee while reading today's issue of the Times-Picayune. After 13 years of living in this house and this town, I tell you, Susanna, I will never stop being shocked by... People? Listen to this. Double murder ends in bloody suicide after a man claims his sister-in-law was to blame for his misfortune. Leroy Fontaine allegedly broke into his brother's home, attacked and shot his sister-in-law, and then his own brother when he arrived home. When authorities entered the home... Now, Susanna, 
This is the part that makes my skin crawl. The man screamed that it was his sister-in-law who made him do this. He blamed her before turning the gun on himself. Jesus Christ. Murphy, I feel as if things are just getting worse. I'm concerned that we're no longer safe here in our little haven. Well now, fortunately, we ain't got anything to fear from those crazy little men. Not much to worry about at all, if you ask me. Except for that party coming up. Oh, merde. The tailor sent word that my new dress was ready. I wonder if I have time for a fitting before she closes. <gasps> oh, Marie! May I join you? I do so love her designs. Maybe I'll pick something up for myself. I would enjoy the company, my dear. Let me just go put on my face. I'll be back in a jiffy. She has matured into a fine woman. Almost unrecognizable from the broken thing that wandered in off the street so many years ago. Started out enough like a fairy tale. Born in 1890 to a doting craftsman father and loving mother, she was the youngest of three sisters. And of course, the most precocious. Don't y'all be running in the house now. Y'all ruin your new dresses. Those are for... Susanna! Are you listening to me? Yes, Mama. She was a happy child. She just had... Uh, I guess you could say... Peculiar interests. Daddy? Yes, Susanna? Mother at school said that her grandma died. She was real sad about it, too. She said she had to go see her grandma at the funeral home. Oh, that's terrible. Not necessarily dinner time talk, my dear. Nor is it something a seven-year-old should be thinking about anyway. And she said that her grandma looked all white and skinny and dried up like a piece of leather. Susanna, watch your mouth now. Your father just said not to. What happens when we die? Do we all just dry up like that? Is that going to happen to me? Is that going to happen to you? Susanna! Your mother told you to watch your mouth. This type of conversation ain't ladylike. Now go upstairs and off to bed with you. And you leave that supper right there on the table. But Daddy... Go on now. She was always the curious one. And you know what they say about curiosity. Hmm? <laughs> what in heaven's name is going on? You should be practicing for your confirmation. Mama, look! What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, mercy! <laughs> Susanna, what on earth are you doing? Is that... Is that blood? <laughs> Not mine, Mama. Don't worry. That poor cat. What happened here? Found him dying out back while I was picking flowers. He looked so sad. I felt like I needed to make him feel better. Susanna, what did you do? I just helped him put him out of his misery. Susanna, we've talked about this. Other people aren't going to understand you like I do. Be wary of prying eyes. Now get inside this instant and wash that blood off your hands. Now! They fought frequently, as mothers and daughters often do, especially considering Susanna's macabre interests. And yet their love for each other was undeniable. 
And then, one day... Doctor, how is she? Well, uh, the disease has progressed much quicker than we thought. Uh, she's already started to exhibit some of the more severe symptoms. I'm afraid there's not much more we can do. We'll do our best to make sure she's comfortable for her final moments. Lord, give me strength. Daddy? Susanna, you, you shouldn't be in here. Is she... dying? I'll leave you two with her. I'll, I'll just be downstairs. Um, afraid so, darling. She doesn't have much time left here with us. She looks so... I didn't want you to see her like this. Frail. Don't stand so close to her now, darling. You'll, you'll catch it. And yet, when she's not coughing, she looks so... peaceful. At 18, she watched as her mother took her last breath. And just a few short months after that, Things changed. Don't you think it's a bit quick? Daddy getting married like this so fast? I mean, sure, but Daddy was lonely. You remember how he was after Mama died. I just don't know. I don't think I'd trust that woman. And why not, Miss Susanna? <gasps> Oh, Miss Angela, have I done anything to arouse your suspicions? Hmm? No, no, ma'am. Have I given you any reason to distrust me? At all? No, ma'am. Well, then, I would appreciate if you wouldn't stoke the fires of uncertainty with your sister. Remember, I'm part of your family now. <laughs> Susanna may have been a bit strange, but her instincts were spot on. It did not take long for her new stepmother to grow tired of her and her morbid curiosities. However, no one expected the new matriarch to take such drastic measures. Ah, oh, good. You've arrived. She's just up the stairs. It appeared that morbid curiosity was enough for a girl to be put away in the madhouse. What is this? I'll have no more of your vile behavior in my house. For months, I've watched as you poked and prodded and cut open all those... Poor creatures, you're not fit to be a lady, and that is something I simply cannot abide. No, Angela, no, please, get, get off of me, let me go, no, please, I didn't mean that, please, please let me go, daddy, daddy, please. I'm sorry, darling. She 
she spent years trapped within the walls of that whole place. Day in and day out, she was subject to terrible experimentation and deplorable living conditions. Their one goal? To fix her, of course. Turn her into someone non. And so, normal she became. At least, that's what she led on. It turns out, the more you try to control someone's urges, the stronger those urges become. Time for your remedies, Miss Abernathy. Sir. Good girl. Now you just sit right there and I'll... has no fury like a woman scorned. Or, at least, a woman with a mission and a sharp object. She ran as far as her feet would carry her, through the dark and winding streets of New Orleans, until, almost by kismet, she found herself at my doorstep. Are you all right? Please, I need help. That's all right now. Madame Marie! What is this commotion here? Meld! My dear, are you all right? You're covered in blood. Not mine, miss. Don't worry. I was never one to turn away a girl in need. So I took her in. She had been so broken down. I intended for her to stay until she got back on her feet. But, as I've said before, Susanna was a curious creature. And that curiosity was not easily sated. Madame? What... What are you... doing? My dear, you shouldn't be in here. Fascinating. I... Pardon, moi? I've never seen such a thing before. My child, I, I didn't intend for you to see this. I'm so sorry. What are, what are you doing? M may I? May you what? Help him? I nodded and watched, captivated, as that fragile little girl knelt down and stroked his hair with one hand, and with the other, slowly slid my letter opener into his temple, as what little light he had in his eyes disappeared. There now, all better. Despite her broken state when she arrived, there was something striking about Susanna. I couldn't put my finger on it. It was so shrouded in darkness and fear. But I could see she was special. She was strong. And after seeing what she did, I felt that maybe, just maybe, she would be willing to join my girls and me. You are something else, my dear. I can't say I have met anyone 
quite like you. I could say the same. I have a proposal for you. I do not turn anyone on a whim. The decision to join my flock must be theirs and theirs alone. This life is full of many luxuries, decadence, power, freedom. Peace is not one of them. There are burdens that one must bear with this kind of power. I explained this all to her. She thought for a moment, and only a moment. Turns out that you can try to break a woman, her body, her heart, but you can never break her spirit. Especially if it's one of endless curiosity and lust for freedom. So, I turned her on the spot. Over the years, she has become invaluable to me. As a right hand, a confidant, a bodyguard even, and at the very least, an extremely capable companion on my errands. Ready when you are, old lady. Back at the Church of Imperium Day, Bartholomew heads to Marcus's hidden quarters. He is filled with an overwhelming sense of dread. Marcus, stoic, takes a drag of a cigarette. You sent for me, Father? Hmm. Sit. Is everything prepared for Tuesday? Yes, Father. The brethren are ready and awaiting your orders. Good. Are you ready, Father? Do you know why I despise Mardi Gras so much, Bartholomew? No, Father. When I was a child, I loved Mardi Gras. The music, the colors, the parades, the joy and revelry that poured into the city streets. It was like a fantasy, an escape, if you will. You dressed like a harlequin and donned a mask and somehow, suddenly, became someone else. Someone free. But when I came to Imperium Day, I finally saw it for what it was. Excess, indulgence, a promise of carousing and freedom that ended in sorrow and slavery to earthly delights. It was all a lie, Bartholomew. One designed to ensnare us all. So, am I ready for this celebration? Of course, I'm fucking ready. Excellent. I shall gather the brethren for your final words then. Good. Oh, and Bartholomew. Yes? Remember the edict I gave you. You must save her. For 
Father. As you say. Susanna and Marie exit the tailor's shop and walk the cobblestone streets of New Orleans. The night is humid, stale, and eerily quiet. Marie, I must say, you have the most impeccable taste in garments. The way that tool draped just right around your hips. Oh, it was divine. If only I had that hourglass figure of yours. Oh, hush now. It simply comes down to diet, Susan. What was that? It came from down there. Heavens, they've got her throat. She's bleeding out. Those bastards, I'm headed at... No, it's not worth it. Stay. Murphy, can you speak? Marie, you have... Hush, Susanna. There, there, now. Merida. Silence. I cannot act without her consent. It must be her decision. Then what can we do? My dear, you must help her. I... I don't understand. She is in pain, Susanna. Help her. Oh. Well, all right now, darling. I'm a friend. I'm... I'm here to help. There now. No more pain. Damn your rules, Marie. It will benefit you to remember who you're speaking to, dear girl. You know that's not how this works. But we could have given her... We could have saved her! Saved? I'd hoped by now that you would have learned that this isn't salvation. This is survival. This power, this freedom is often a burden. It is something we have chosen to live with. This girl, she could not make this choice for herself. And I will be damned if I thrust this burden on anyone else who cannot willingly bear it. Well... What of the men, then, Marie? Are we just to let them escape? Sometimes the monsters get away. We must look after our own. Up in the neutral plain, God has fallen unusually silent, seemingly engrossed in the game. The devil pours himself yet another cocktail. You know, I'm never going to stop asking if you want one. I still maintain you'd have a better time. All the ingredients are right here. Well, no need to ignore me. What? Oh, Lightbringer, no, I have not seen your... Now where were you? I beg your pardon? Where did you just go? I have been right here the entire time. Oh, you were down there. What? How dare you insinuate that I would cheat at my the own The mortals game. call me the king of lies for a reason. 
I can smell bullshit, however heavenly, from anywhere. Watch your tongue, Lightbringer. Enough! You are not my superior. That role ended when you tossed me out of heaven. And whose fault was that? Mine? Oh, no, you brought that on yourself. On myself? <laughs> you know very well what you did. What I did? <laughs> of course, here we go again. It was all my fault. It had nothing to do with you and your insurmountable demands and needs. How dare you! Your paradise was nothing but a prison. What do the mortals call it? A gilded cage? You just wanted to keep me there all for your amusement. My amusement? <laughs> if you could call it that, by the time I cast you out of my paradise, you were nothing more than a mad tinker. Oh, you need to pull that colossal stick out of your ass! Silence! Someone needs a drink. Indeed, Marcus was speaking with the Almighty One. His mission at hand, he finishes his divine communion as Bartholomew approaches his quarters. As you say, Almighty One, thy will be done. Laudate Dei Imperium. Father, we are ready. Good. My brethren, you have marked yourselves among the ranks of Imperium Day. Through your sacrifice, you have shown not only me, but the Almighty One herself, that you are devoted to her mission. And with that devotion comes responsibility. We have been chosen, no, destined to eradicate darkness from this world. And the Almighty has shown us the first step right here in New Orleans. We start our crusade by amputating that gangrenous limb of our fine district known as Storyville. And where, brethren, is the source of that rot? The infested nest of whores known as the Harlow House. The plan is simple. We will infiltrate their lair by means of stealth and attack them from the inside. We will play the part of the Reveler. We'll don the masks and dance to their music and we'll stake their hearts and slit their throats, clearing their brood before they even have a chance to strike. We will rid this world of their filth in one fell swoop and celebrate our victory with the rising sun. We will cleanse their impurity from this town and this earth and forge the path for the almighty future.
Cosmic Game, starring Anastasia Washington as Marie Harlow, Brianna Rex as Susanna Abernathy, Jon Snow as Marcus Benoit, Brian Barberin as The Devil, and Zara Fazel as God, with additional performances by Nathan Turner, Sean Owens, Haley Lipscomb, and Mac Manson, based on characters created by Matt Dorado. Sound engineering, mixing, and mastering by Todd Eric Valcourt. Recorded at the TV studio Los Angeles. Sound editing by Ryan Connor. Original score composed by Chris Thomas. Production management by Matt Dorado. Written, directed, and executive produced by Matt Dorado and Mac Manson. Special thanks to Funko Studios. The Cosmic Game is a Drunken Devil production.